So in working with the five aggregates, it's uh, said that the you can't find a separation between perceptions of feelings and consciousness. In the sutta, but you can find a distinction between sankara. Sankara isn't necessarily automatically conjoined. This may not seem that important a statement, but what we're doing with insight is separating things out. You know, with with uh, samatha, you generally try to put things together, settle and smooth things, which is essential. It's rather like you're you're uh, you're gathering fruit. And then you sort of get all the different fruit, all the different apples off the trees, you put them into a blender and you mix them all together so you get down to one essential you know, juice out of all these different apples. And you then, as we pass them, you start to sieve through the juice to look for the, get all the, how it, the different, different uh, elements in that. Mm. Because it's this compounding into solidity that is the, uh, core, or one aspect of the core problem, padana, things being gathered together into a seemingly solid quality called me or the world, and then there's a taking a stand upon that, and then there's a taking a stand upon that. There's a adopting it, then there's a favouring it, then there's a falling away from it. There's a struggling, a competition, trying to hold. You know, because it isn't actually solid, as we recognise in terms of the world, it's always shifting in ourselves, it's always shifting. There's a frustration trying to find solid ground. You know, the only uh, solidity, though solidity is kind of very debatable word, is in this quality of awareness, or purified awareness, Full understanding, how you want to call it, but there is a, the Buddha says there is this unconditioned, you know, where you don't have to hold on to things that are fragile. So, and this, this, this quality or this quality of awareness is that which begins to wake up as we sieve through perceptions, feelings, Consciousness, recognizing the changing and the impermanent nature of things, and connecting or realizing the bit that keeps holding on, the sankara, which is the activity which keeps stitching them together into some entity. Now, if that, and it's a, it's a two aspects of the process. One is there's a letting go but the, of that sankara, but that letting go can only occur in tandem with the with the rising up or the firming up or the awakening of awareness. It's rather like you don't let go of, of one raft until you learn how to swim. You just won't do it. Mind won't do it. It'll always tend to hold on to something else. Sankara is very important, 
and we both train that and train it fundamentally uh, skillfulness, the skills of attention, the skills of intention. So those two qualities, clear intentionality and clear attention, you know, unwavering, steady, these are things we develop. These are sankharas, attention is a sankhara, it's an, it's an activity, it's a forming, it's a framing, it's a focusing, it's a zooming in. You know. And what one re- recognizes about attention is it's very uh, partial. You can only attend to a minute proportion of data that are flooding in at any given moment, internally and externally. So it's, it's a highly partial quality. But, you know, you cultivate attention, so you want to get to the, to the root, to the important stuff through all this. You know, attention is help. That filtering out is necessary. Coming into breathing, coming into this inner realm that we have, this inner world we have. Drift, sieving through the dross, the unnecessary, the surplus, the unskillful. That's the function of attention, skillful attention. Then you come to something where you feel more steady and comfortable. And that allows your attention to widen. It doesn't need to be so on guard. It can soften. And there's a widening. And then the other quality that that uh, comes up in the mind is, call it awareness, which is much more receptive than directive. We, it's more the receptive, receiving things. And you need, we need to develop attention so that, so like the guardian, so we're not just receiving every bit, bit of stuff that's coming in. There's a sense of filtering that out. And you start to receive things like the bright, the happy, the comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it can, the awareness can kind of expand. So that in samadhi, the quality of awareness is something like bright, unwavering, steady, like that, or has that quality to it. We flicker in and out of it, maybe, or it's not not completely established. And so you get these perceptions of happiness, feelings of happiness, feelings of brightness, perceptions of brightness, happiness, steadiness, so on. And then we can get charged up on that. You know, you can make a thing out of it, get excited by it, or claim it, feel we are something because of these things. So you, you, know, you can notice that. Or that you're not something, or you haven't got them. You haven't got this. That's the sankara, it's an activity. Really knowing the mind, this is what it does. It's like a brilliant advertiser putting up stuff that you want to buy. And uh, so we check that buying instinct. Is it... hmm, anything to buy into. Now, 
there's a quality of, of uh, widening that can mean that we we um, refer the to our to our bodily senses, to the sense of the the firmness that the body gives us, uh, particularly because the body doesn't have perceptions, doesn't create pictures, as reflexes, instincts, doesn't create pictures. The mind creates pictures, perceptions, percept- memories, associations. Body doesn't do that. Body creates as reflexes, instincts, impulses. But it's the chitta is the basis for perception. Pictures, images, Hmm. felt meanings. The body just feels and has reflexes and energies running through it. It doesn't do perceptions. So when you start to, to contemplate you know, how your mind is operating and you keep referring back to the body, you have a chance to separate the perceptions from the sankhara. That is where you can feel attracted. You have pictures in your mind that feel a sense of attraction to. When you feel that sense of energy moving through your body, as you, go, as you focus more on the energy more directly, then you lose the picture. That's the skill of attention. You just attend very deeply, but you attend to the energy, the sankhara, rather than the picture. And this means we begin to steadily separate the energy of excitement, attraction, or aversion, or whatever it is, from the particular pictures that stimulate it, the memories, the stories that stimulate it. And when you separate that, the energy doesn't have anything to feed on. So it starts to falter, fade out. You know, you can have these things in your mind about, uh, would it be nice if I had one of those? You know, wasn't it great when we had, when we did that? Or isn't he this, that, or the other? You know, and you, that can be very mesmerizing. We go into that and just write stories based around that core picture, which can be very meaningful. So that picture represents the repugnant or the desirable, the unfair, the welcoming. And these are very powerful meanings for us. You can fantasize about the wonderful life in forests in Thailand. Especially if you don't go there, it's even better. <laughs> the way to surely blow a perception apart is to actually go to the object directly that you've created these fantasies around and realize, oh, it's sort of just about the same as everything else, really. <laughs> no. But these are the big things, aren't they? You know, you see fashion models. They are, they are walking perceptions. It takes some... Only a certain amount of people, men and women, can actually do it. And even then, they have to spend hours, you know, getting themselves figured out, trained, body preened, oiled, whatever they do to them. And even then, they take the picture and they touch the picture up. So you get pure perception, this picture, which isn't even anybody. 
it's based upon a body, but then they, they doll it up and then they kind of take the picture and change that. And yeah, that's what you see. I think, wow, she's so wonderful. Oh, what a great looking guy. I want to buy a suit like that. It doesn't exist. But the perception does. The perception of the whatever it is, the, the alluring, the tempting, the rugged, the handsome, the carefree, whatever it is. And those are big meanings for us. But they're, they're, they're virtual realities that just get planted onto experience. You know, and meditators have their own perceptions. Or a little treasure trove of the tranquil, the inspiring, the unwavering, the totally peaceful, the this, that and the other. And then you, you know, where are these places? Yeah, you go to something sort of like Ajahn Mahabur's monastery, the kind of incredible, you know, icon of the forest tradition. There's chaos. There's just forest chickens cackling, babbling. Can't get a single moment of peace and quiet. And he's just saying, well, don't bother to listen to it. That's all, just just switch it off. Don't don't listen there, just go into your... That's where you, so that's really where you find it, not in the <laughs> forest. You find it, you know, in your in your embodied mind. And admittedly, there are places where you can actually just focus, you know, encouraged to focus on that. Well, that's why it is a universal teaching. It's not really about only special places, but a reasonable number of places where there's enough encouragement, enough, you know, or, or lessening of stimulation to really cause you to draw your attention inward. And then he, but then you have to deal with these perceptions, memories, uh, and trying to find the, you know something where you get the right perception or you know, it just all matches up. And sometimes they nearly do and then dang it, it somebody blows it. Mm-hmm. Something untidy happens or monasteries, you know, it's just getting knee peaceful, and then a crowd of people turn up, want to offer dana, have some chanting. Oh, it's just getting really quiet. You know, you start to feel resentful for people's generosity. <laughs> hey, this can't be right. This can't. You know, this can't be right. And the Buddha would have set something up like this, you know. So it's just enough. But then realize you can't. You can't roll out these inner maps onto the world around you. They do ask us, it does ask us to question these images and memories and ideas and impressions in the sanya aggregate. Some of them are pictures, some of them are stories, some of them are icons, dreams, visions. Plans, the fair, the neat, the tidy, so on. So yeah, we have different, different ones for different people. Mm-hmm. But then you come into your body, right? It doesn't have that. It doesn't do those pictures and stories. It does things like, you know, uh, tensing up, loosening up. 
feeling stimulated, going dull, feeling vital, feeling alive and bright, does does certainly has its own life. But it's very it, it doesn't add the perception. So when you start to translate the perceptions to what you're doing to you, to your body in a bodily sense, then you've got a way of separating perception from sankara. Hmm. The anxiety about the future is feeling that in your belly, in your skin, around your eyes, in your mouth. Hmm. Buzzing of great visions that affect your temples and your forehead and the general heart rate. Things like this, you're just checking it out against the kaya sankara, the whole bodily sense. When you come into that, really focusing on that, and breathing out, breathing in, holding awareness around that sankara, around that energy, around that formation, and the perception stops, or rather tends to form around the bodily experience, so we lose the mental picture, we just go into the perception of body. And so it doesn't have the same, doesn't have the perception to feed on, so perception passes away. And what was all that about? You know? <laughs> you know? So it's through repeatedly doing this that we begin to Dispel the ghost of perceptions. Unravel its fixations. A kind of uh, attention then that's, that's suitable for that is more holistic. It's a field, a field attention rather than a point attention. Means you have the general, it's a sense of the awareness is spread. There's a center, there's a steadiness to it. And yet it's, a, it's, it's referring to the whole sense, the whole experience. There's the mental or the emotional, the, the somatic, the bodily. Probably very little on the verbal, but you can pick up, you can sometimes swing, you, sometimes the verbal stuff comes swinging in, little chit-chat stuff. But you really want to get it all, boil it all down to the basic juice of uh, you know, what's moving, what's moving the mind. The thoughts tend to be, you know, the froth. So it's a holistic or overall field sense. And this can be based upon upon breathing in and out because breathing in and out is not a point. Although it can be useful uh, and many people find it useful to, to use a point, a point in the body to focus on the breathing through. 
Mm. Such as uh, you know, the head, back of the nose, the nostrils, throat, chest, you know, belly. As a state, as something that you get, you strengthen your attention around your ability to attend. Still, the theme is Sabakaya Patisangwedi, thoroughly feeling the entire body breathing in, breathing out. It's opening it up. And as you begin to sense within that respiratory flow, the movement of energy, the movement of breath energy, prana, you know, then you begin to sense as you widen your focus how that can be felt in a much wider area, the whole body, perhaps the chest, down the hands, till it becomes almost the physical body almost disappears or, or recedes rather like um, the moon in the daylight. It sort of it's, it pales. What comes up is the sky. It gets brighter and brighter, and you get a sense of an overall, you know, um, subtle form. The coarser form, the body that we see with our eyes and hold as a memory in our minds, when we close our eyes, it remains there. That schema, that map, starts to change, and you get a body that can be uh, have a subtle form to it. Could be like a generally something almost spherical. Yeah, I know it's it's wider. This is the you know, this is the the map or the schema or the of the body energy, which is not um, figured in the same way as the physical form, the visual form. But it's still, you could say it's body, and yet it's more like um, the nerve energy in the body. It's, it becomes palpable as, as definitely a subtle form that for meditation is much more reliable than the visual form. Hmm? What's the the point of the visual form when you meditate because you've got your eyes closed and yet you can retain that that perception. You're still holding on to that idea of, and yet really what do you experience? Swelling, pressures, sensations, flows. Then try to get a sense of the whole domain of that as, as, a, as a body as the Buddha said this is a body amongst the bodies I call this a body amongst the bodies of all the different kinds of body visual, tactile you know you can have a smell body <laughs> this one the body that you experience through breathing I call this a body amongst the bodies so this one and it's this subtle body And that, that then very accurately maps the flickers of impulse of affliction and um, contentment. You know, it tracks it very, very easily because you're dealing with that primary, primary sense that that underlies how we how we activate it, like root sankara. Now the mind can have perceptions of that body as bright or luminous or 
expansive, soft, which is all well and good, because it's at least a skillful perception, it's a supportive one, but it is just that. We can always, there is this and there's a perception of that. And it's something that can be used to generate, because it's like perceptions trigger off sankharas. It can trigger off this sense of confidence, uh, composure, inspiration, happiness. Mm, These feelings can get triggered off around that. So, yeah, but this is, you know, Then direct awareness of of sankara of this sense of being energized, being charged up, being you know comes and goes. There's this, the qualities of of uh, the signs of insight, which is detachment, dispassion. One becomes more cool about it, less feverish about it, all less. And then ceasing, something that that drive can stop, check. First of all, the unskillful ones. Then then the whole sense of uh, seeking, grasping. It's all just sankara. So the body acts as the place where we dislodge perceptions that are based upon memory, thought, um, sensuality. When you arrive at perceptions based upon composure, contentment, steadiness, calm. But through that shifting, you know, you, something understanding arises. If you only had one set, you tend to believe in it. But because it changes and shifts, you think, "Oh, this is just that." There's a, there's a sense of dispassion that can arise. So that direct awareness leads to a fuller understanding. Now, though we can uh, cause habitual perceptions to to stop just by almost unplugging them, turning away from the stimulation of memory and fantasy and um, grudges or whatever, to a direct here and now base for perception in in breathing in and out. You can in some way you can stop one perception, shift to another one. The aim really is not to um, um, not have percept- perce- the ability to perceive, but the sense of not being attached to it, 
not taking a stand upon it, not forming self around it, not forming something out of it. So these the aggregates are not um, dismissed, but the upadana, that's the thing that changes, the, the feeding. As long as one feeds upon them, the, the, uh, the teaching is that these are like uh, assassins. You feed upon something that eventually will stab you, will let you down. It's strong language. You feed upon something that is like junk food. Mm-hmm. If you don't feed upon it, the teaching is these aggregates are for one's welfare and happiness. You know, they provide you with a, a contented abiding in the here and now and the basis to for, for insight, for release. Release from the unskillful, which must be our basic priority, and then release from the skillful. Not dismissing the skillful, but just the... the not, getting righteous and uh, you know obnoxious about it all <laughs> how skillful one is yeah. so this is how we cultivate and it's this particularly the using the, the more holistic sense then you adjust attention which is a sankara you adjust intention, which is a sankara, so the intention to hold or to get becomes much more just being with, receptive, tuning in, it's less driven. You can adjust these as is suitable. And a skillful practitioner knows the time and place for attention to be sharp, for attention to be wide, for attention to have an object, for attention to be letting go. And uh, because we're not really um, making any position of these, they're just what is appropriate, what what supports one's practice. <laughs>